1: I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live on this Tuesday evening into Wednesday morning, and uh, the bulk of this podcast today will be a conversation that I had in crossover fashion with Aaron Freeman, the host of the Locked On Falcons podcast. For those of you that don't know that, I am uh, still an avid Falcons fan because I, I don't cover them the same way I do with the Hawks, so I'm so, i, I would say more of a true Falcons fan, uh, someone who still gets emotionally wrapped up in all that stuff. I'm sure if you follow me on Twitter, you probably know that, but a good conversation that I had with Aaron that is going to be coming momentarily. That also has some NBA talk in the mix as well, so don't. Don't just turn it off if you don't like the Falcons. There is some basketball talk in that conversation, so stick around for that momentarily. There was one bit of Hawks news, though, to get to. I'm not sure it's a, a traditional bit of Hawks news, but alas, Trey Young will be playing and uh, the first ever televised NBA 2K players-only tournament starting on Friday. That, that word uh, broke officially on Tuesday after some reporting from Chris Hayes of Yahoo Sports on Monday. Um, alongside Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, um, Devin Booker, and others, Trey will be operating... One of the 16 teams involved in this and basically just playing NBA 2K20 and trying to win. He's the number two seed overall playing against Harrison Barnes in the first round of this tournament. Uh, And the winner of the whole thing is $100,000 for charity in support of COVID-19 relief. But uh, I would say the biggest thing, uh, in addition to just kind of a nice branding opportunity, for the NBA, is that ESPN is going to be televising this live um, on their platforms, on their major TV platforms. So, for instance, Friday night between 7 and 11.30, there's a bunch of games happening um, on ESPN and ESPN2. So that's that's some linear television for uh, esports and some NBA 2K playing. Obviously, it helps to have the uh, the big names like Durant and Trey to sell this product, but uh, pretty interesting that that ESPN is going to to be doing this sort of innovative thing that they're rolling out here. In addition to that, um, we, we don't know exactly when Trey's first round matchup is just yet. The schedule is only out in terms of uh, rough alignments, but Friday night, Sunday afternoon, will be the first round matchups of the 16 teams in action. Follow if, if Trey were to win and advance from there, the quarterfinals will be on Tuesday night on ESPN two, and then the semifinals and finals will be next Saturday, April 11th, on ESPN. So. Interesting stuff there. I'm not the biggest gamer in the world, but uh, obviously there's a a Hawks connection here and Trey being as famous. And uh, by the way, an avid gamer. If you ever follow Trey on social media, you could tell he uh, always is playing NBA 2K. So we'll see what happens there. But I wanted to go ahead and pass that information along and let you guys know that it is going to be happening in the very near future, beginning on Friday. Um, Okay, with all that said, before we get to the conversation that I had with Aaron, I do want to talk to you about the good folks at my bookie. Sports have come to a screeching halt with basketball benched and pitchers off the mound, but our friends at mybookie.ag aren't going to let you down. Stay sane and stay entertained with access to your favorite games like blackjack, roulette, slots, war, and more. It doesn't matter whether you're on front lines or quarantined at home. The fun doesn't have to come to an end with MyBookie. They've also got you covered with a host of live casino dealers online. That's right. They have professional dealers at the tables, live on-site, 24-7. And if your favorite squad is sidelined because of the pandemic, you don't even sweat it, because MyBookie has partnered with some of the leading esports brands to bring you wagers on virtual action straight from the court and NBA 2K20. Plus, you can do your part to uh, check out your bankroll and make it make it rise with political wagers with the shifting odds on political bets. You can trust the industry leaders in times like these. They're reliable, upright, and best of all, they pay fast when you win. Visit mybookie.ag and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a 150% bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to receive 150% cash bonus on your first deposit. You can claim those extra funds all the way up to $750. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate this offer. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA at mybookie.ag. You play, you spin, you win, and you get paid. And without further ado, we'll get to the conversation with Aaron Freeman, the host of the Locked On Falcons podcast, and one of the best in the business, so check it out.
0: All right, guys, you are Locked On Falcons. And I'm your host, Aaron Freeman, and today is a crossover episode where I am going to be joined by the host of the Locked On Hawks podcast, Brad Rowland. Brad and I are going to talk a little Atlanta sports, we're going to talk a little Falcons, we're going to talk a little Hawks. So let's get into it on today's episode. So Brad, man, been a busy, busy NBA season for you uh, with certain, uh, you know, global issues sort of (laughs) cutting into this NBA season in terms of how things are going on the Locked on Hawks podcast, but I do appreciate you joining me because I wanted to get you back on at the start of the NBA season. And then I kind of wanted to get you on, you know, at the end of the NFL season, right around where the all-star break was. And then, you know, this global pandemic sort of hit and I'm like, well, I figured Brad's got a lot of free time to kill. uh, So why not have him on uh, during the off season when, you know, I'm reaching that point in the transition from the, free agent period in the NFL to the draft period in the NFL. So I figured it was a perfect time for us to sort of link up finally and, and talk some Hawks and and Falcons together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's this weird spot that I think everyone that covers the NBA is in and also baseball and football too, but um, the NBA and the NHL, we're in the middle of the season. So it's like, it's kind of this really strange thing. Like, whereas, you know, football and baseball are trying to start Basketball is in the middle of this season, so they're sort of in limbo as to whether they want to have the regular season again or the playoffs or how long it might take. So I'm in this weird limbo mode where I'm talking about the draft and free agency, almost like the season's over because the Hawks, uh, even if they play again, the Hawks' season's kind of over. So uh, I'm almost in off season mode too. So I, I sort of understand your pain, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of a bizarre time right now.
0: Yeah, so I, I definitely want to talk with you about sort of what's going on with the Hawks and sort of their, I guess, off season outlook. Since, as you mentioned, you know, it wasn't as if they were in, you know, the midst of playoff contention unless something weird happens from here on out as they play out the the rest of the season. But uh, let's let's talk a little bit of Falcons. And uh, I'm curious sort of from afar with all the things that have happened with the Falcons at the end of last season with their strong finish, with the decision. To retain head coach Dan Quinn and and general manager Thomas Dimitrov, I guess from your perspective from afar, what did you make of the decision for the organization to essentially run it back in 2020?
1: I didn't. I I didn't love it. I'll be honest. I mean, I I sort of understand it on all sides, uh, and I think as someone who sort of covers different sports now i have more perspective you know as far as falcons are concerned i'm still more just like more just a fan i've covered some nfl but it's kind of my most raw uh fandom that i still have on the professional side but i do understand you know the guys like dan quinn uh, they obviously wanted to play for him he had he seemed to have some player um sp- I, I almost said sponsorship but some like endorsements from players they, they seem to like their regime. And obviously they played, they played so much better at the end of the season that, um, you know, on one hand you could argue that they got tricked into keeping him by that, by that run, which is kind of where I would probably argue that frankly, but I also see why they might want to give him another shot um, and the whole, you know, the whole front office set up another shot, because, you know, I think if we're being honest, they probably would have been better last season if not for some injury. So I, I sort of get all that. I've never been overly impressed, with Dan Quinn, I know they went to the Super Bowl under his leadership, and they you know should have won it, obviously. But game management stuff will drive you crazy, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not the football guy that you are, but uh, just from the outside looking in, uh, I probably would not have kept Dan Quinn, and I um, I also can sort of squint and see why they um, made that decision, even if uh, he sort of feels like it's it's now or never time.
0: Yeah, I think it was an interesting choice. Now that we have the value of hindsight and the possibility that it's going to this whole coronavirus thing is going to really hamper their off season and potentially delay the season sort of now with hindsight there, I think it's beneficial to have a veteran head coach now. And given the current state of the world, uh, than necessarily having a, a new head coach that's trying to bring in a new program and new players and, and whatever, and, and would be potentially very hampered by any sort of disruptions to of the off season, any disruptions to training camp, any disruption to the season. So, I guess that kind of plays in the case of uh, the Falcons' decision to retain Dan Quinn and company, but I'm sure Arthur Blake wasn't really thinking about that (laughs) when he made that decision in December, so it it may wind up being working out in their favor. We'll just sort of have to see how everything plays out uh, over the next several months. But, uh, you know, talking about having some questions about that decision, sort of they've made some Relatively big splashes for an organization that the last couple of off seasons has been pretty quiet in terms of making those big moves, but got getting some big name players like a Todd Gurley, like a Dante Fowler, making the trade for Hayden Hurst. Um, what are your thoughts on, on those moves?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's there's nothing glaringly bad. I think the, the Gurley move is interesting. Uh, it does feel like some fan service element in that. But they didn't pay him a ton. I mean, you might you can probably correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think that was you know a relatively um, you know reasonable investment for what they actually had to pay him. Obviously, the salary cap stuff um, has been looming over the Falcons for quite some time now. But they get him at relatively little risk. And uh, you know, Freeman not being there, they needed somebody that can kind of carry a workload. I guess there's all kinds of questions about you know how healthy Gurley can be and how explosive he can be because he, I think, is still someone who can play, but also someone who I think you've even been saying this as well is not the same guy he used to be. Whether that's the arthritis or whatever else, it might be um you know that's probably the most visible move they made, but I think the other two moves, the the Hayden Hurst trade after losing Austin Hooper and then the Dante Fowler acquisition, you could argue they're more important based on position and all that stuff. I think Hurst is someone who is talented and I think that makes some sense. You can argue about the price that they actually paid to get him, but um I think that will probably work out pretty pretty decently. And Dante Fowler is a bigger name than he probably is a player, at least in my estimation, but he also is – Someone that, that they actually needed to rush the passer. And that's something that's been an area that I know you know this, but pass rush has just been a problem for quite some time now. So they still, they still need more there. He's, that's not going to fix everything, I would imagine, but uh, they had to do something on the edge. So getting a player to do that makes some sense. So, like, I have no, you know, long story short, I have no major issues with what, with what they did. It wasn't like an A plus home run necessarily so far, but it also wasn't a, uh, a failing rate either. I think it was they kind of just do what they had to do. Uh, mostly at reasonable value and uh, we'll see what they do in the draft.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, it's it's really these moves are good moves relative I think given the situation, given the circumstances with you talked about the limitations of the salary cap and I think, you know, really it's it goes back to that original point of them kind of running it back where I think a lot of their success this season is still going to hinge a lot of getting more out of the players currently on the roster than necessarily a bunch of new guys coming in and really sort of enhancing the roster and really sort of moving the the, the needle in that major way where it completely changes the outcome of the season. So they're, they're sort of bolstering some spots. We'll see if they continue to bolster some spots moving forward. Obviously the draft is going to help them out, get some more uh, young talent on this roster. But, you know, speaking of young talent, I do want to turn the conversation a little bit to the Atlanta Hawks uh, coming up on today's crossover podcast, but, you know, before we get there, I would love to plug the Locked on Hawks podcast where hosted by my current guest, Brad Roland, which you guys can find on your favorite podcast platform, whether that's Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, or Spotify, or whatever you're listening to us right now, be sure to rate and subscribe to the Locked on Hawks podcast on your favorite podcast platform, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. So, Brad, we're, we're talking about, we just finished the conversation talking about the Falcons and trying to add some more young talent to their roster in the draft. Obviously, this Hawks team is a pretty young team. Got a couple of young phenoms, one in particular. One guy in, in Trey Young that seems to be a player that, If correct me if I'm wrong, but could has a chance to be an all-NBA player, which the, I don't think the Hawks have had in like a decade, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's certainly has the most star power and upside of anyone you could argue since Dominic Wilkins, and that's you know almost thirty years ago now. So, I mean, you, guys like Al Horford made all NBA teams, but in terms of being that you know actual number one offensive kind of star guy in the way that a traditional star is made up, you have to go you have to go back a long way to find someone who's been uh, has the kind of upside that Trey Young has
0: for sure. Yeah, and I think you know the, the interesting thing because you know I do follow a lot of. Falcon fans that are also Hawks fans, so they're they're constantly, I'm I'm seeing sort of Hawks Twitter from afar. Uh, (laughs) I'm not maybe as immersed in it as you you are, but it is always interesting when it comes to the conversation about Trey Young, it's interesting to see sort of the the still people fighting over the Trey Young versus Luka Doncic uh, battle um, and sort of seeing Hawks fans even though Luka Doncic and both Trey Young are some of the best young players in the NBA, they're both going to be superstars, or if not already superstars, for many, many years to come, but to sort of see the Hawks fans still a little bit jaded over the criticism the Hawks got from that trade, and and not giving Luka Doncic his due as, as one of the, the best young players in the NBA, um, it's just interesting from afar that, you know, you can change the sport, but the fans largely remain the same because it's it reminds me a lot of sort of falcon fans going back and forth with ravens fans back in the day about ryan, matt ryan versus joe flacco so I, I just always find that fascinating
1: that actually is a great comp that i hadn't thought of but it actually makes a lot of sense and i think yeah, so much just fans being fans uh, especially early i think i got i got i got pretty tired of the back and forth um just because um it's okay to have both guys be good (laughs) that's kind of what it became for me and uh you know trey's been better than i I think better than anybody could have possibly thought you could argue the same for luca they've both been awesome and uh you know it's okay to just kind of not have your guard up at all times and have this be this massive fight but like you said it is kind of just what fans do they want to get their they want to get their guys back and especially when they're traded for each other and the way those guys were that's the one thing that you could say that's even uh I would say places to glare even more on this one is that, you know, they weren't just in the same class. They were literally swapped for each other. So the intensity was even hotter, but I kind of don't understand um, the vitriol in some people on both sides, uh, both Hawks fans and Mavs fans on that one. But um, hopefully um, it becomes more like spread out as we get further away from it. We can kind of just acknowledge that both guys are really good and uh, both fan bases are pretty happy with, with, with what they have now.
0: Absolutely. So speaking of uh, being happy with, what you have now talk about this young hawks teams and obviously they weren't necessarily winning a bunch of games but you know is this a team that's got you know is the arrow pointing up for them is is basically what i'm asking
1: yeah for sure i mean th- this is not a great year for the hawks but if you're being um sort of future facing it was not a bad year either because there was a lot of good things that uh count more to the future than they did for this season for instance you know young is the number one thing trey young making the leap to being a superstar player is perhaps the most important thing that any franchise can have like you have to have you know with very 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 few exceptions in nba history teams that win championships or even compete for championships have to have a superstar player on them preferably you'd like to have more than one but you have to at least have one so having trey make that leap is uh, is a huge thing he was awesome this year which really helps you and then beyond that, they have all these all these other young guys who were uh, you know improving as the season went along. John Collins was awesome this season, um, in a in a way that I don't think anybody could have foreseen. Like how just how good he was. He was good before this, but he made another leap as well. The two rookies, Cam Reddish, and DeAndre Hunter, both you know had rookie moments, but by the end of the year, Reddish especially was transforming his game. You could definitely see the upside with him, and Hunter I think will be fine. You still have another guy in Kevin Hurd who's a supporting piece, so. They have five or six. I, I sort of call it the core six right now. They have these five young guys, plus Clint Capella that they, that, they, that they traded for that are really they're real pieces for the future. Obviously, they're gonna have to start winning pretty soon, and by the end of this year, they were talking pretty candidly about how they want to make the playoffs next season. And while that was an, a goal that everyone was gonna set for them anyway, they kind of got in front of it a little bit by saying it out loud. So I think the future is bright. They always have some uh, some hurdles to clear before things become, you know as good as they could be but uh there's not really a whole for a team that was as bad as they were in terms of just the the performance this season um the future is a lot brighter than that might actually reflect because of just how many bad players they had on the floor that won't be a part of the team moving forward
0: yeah you know and, and this is one of the differences between football and basketball is you know the whole you know, whether you want to call what the Hawks are doing, tanking or anything like that. But you can sort of take, you know, two steps back all with the goal of eventually we're going to be able to take, you know, five steps forward. And, and you can get that particularly with in the NBA when it comes to the draft, because one player can be so impactful. As we're seeing with a, a young player like Trey Young and, and sort of getting another top end talent, potentially the team with him. I'm I'm curious, you know, and oftentimes I've had you on the podcast, we've done these crossovers maybe like a month before the draft. Now we're several months before the draft. Obviously, there's still this huge question mark over looming over how the, the remainder of the season will hold up and whether or not, you know, the draft will sort of have any sort of disruption in its timing. But I'm just sort of curious, now that you're a little bit more focused on the draft, uh, probably a little bit. More prematurely than maybe you normally would at this <laughs> point in, in time of calendar year. Um, sort of what is your outlook for the Hawks as far as that goes?
1: Yeah, it's interesting drafts. You know, the Hawks, if you're a Hawks fan, you want this to be the last time that they have a really good draft pick, if that makes sense, because you're hoping that next year they make the playoffs. And if they do that, then they won't have a top 10 pick anymore. Uh, and that's kind of the trade-off here is that eventually you have to turn those those draft picks into players that become good enough to win games. So this is kind of the last hurrah in that way, but it comes at a bad time because the top of this draft is not fantastic. There, there are good There are good players in this draft as there always are, but there isn't that top of the line guy and really there aren't that you know the last couple of years they're they're probably there have been at least one if not two or three of those guys that you're really comfortable with this year that number is probably zero Uh, maybe you could turn talk yourself into one of the top guys being on that level but for the most part this is a draft where winning the lottery would still be nice for the hawks but actually it's not like you're getting zion on the other end or getting luke on the other end you would have to get more of a more of a risky swing pick than you would have in the the, the, uh, past so i think it's important that they actually get some more talent on the roster. You know, they do have a lot of young talent already, but you have to hit on this pick either by trading it for something else or adding a player that can help you in the future. Um, But the the pressure is also kind of weirdly mitigated a little bit by the fact that there isn't that home run talent. And because of the weirdness of this offseason, there's just a lot less scouting, a lot less of that stuff that that might happen. So you are kind of almost feeling around in the dark a little bit when it comes to who they're actually going to, taken uh you know where they're going to land in the lottery the lottery hasn't happened yet there's a lot of uncertainty but i do think that it's important in that it probably if again if you're a hawks fan you're hoping this is their last time in a lottery for a while for a while now so if with with that as a backdrop you kind of want to hit this pick because if you don't hit it it becomes harder in the future
0: absolutely so i want to continue this conversation and talk a little bit about sort of what's coming up on both locked on falcons and locked on hawks uh, you know, during this uh, world crisis uh, uh, going on. But, uh, you know, might as well plug the Locked on Falcons podcast on this crossover episode. And for those of you guys that are not subscribed to Locked on Falcons on your favorite podcast platform, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or some other podcast platform, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, uh, share it with your friends, tell your friends about how amazing you Thank the Lockdown Falcons podcast is and how you love to spend 30 minutes of every day listening to me talk ad nauseum about backup defensive tackles and second string linebackers on the Lockdown Falcons podcast, as well as upcoming draft picks. And uh, of course, you can do so again on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Lockdown Falcons, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Brad. Obviously, you know, coronavirus and everything that's going on in the world is causing a major, major wrench, throwing a major wrench into sort of our normal plans, uh, particularly for you, because season stopped. And obviously, there's still looming questions over whether or not they will finish the regular season, they will skip to the playoffs, or will you just sort of kind of just say, well, you know, this is a lost season we'll just treat it like the major league baseball season where they had the the lockout halfway through and you know did that happen in nba i can't remember
1: uh they've done um they've done lockouts that have started late but they never actually ended a season early so it's just okay. this weird okay hybrid
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, because I'm I'm, like in my head. I'm like that baseball thing happened like 1995 or something like that, and I'm 94.
1: Yeah, 94 shut down, and then they started late 95 too.
0: Yeah. So I I just it was like it was like 20 something years ago. So I don't know if I'm just not remembering (laughs) it correctly, but. uh, Yeah, you know, it's an interesting thing. And so I I just wonder, you know, for for those of the people that aren't regular listeners of the Locked on Hawks, but maybe Hawks fans are maybe curious to sort of see, you know, what are you what what are some of the topics and conversations you've already mentioned, sort of talking about the offseason, but what are some of the stuff that you have looming on Locked on Hawks over the next few days and and or weeks and potentially months uh, as we sort of navigate this uh, world crisis?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the first thing is just kind of following the news when it comes to like whether the NBA will restart its season and how they're going to operate. And because it's in the middle of the season, they have so many different aspects, even more so than baseball and football about, you know, how does it affect the offseason? Because the NBA's offseason is kind of structured in a certain way that if you don't finish the season by mid-June which is not going to happen at this point you know what happens to free agency what happens to the draft what happens to you know any of that stuff in the CBA and it's coming up fairly soon and the salary cap number gets set and all this stuff so if just following the news on, on all of that and kind of updating people about the Hawks fallout is is a, certainly a main thing but beyond that um, I'm big into the NBA draft in general I think people that listen to my podcast probably know that but the last couple of years the Hawks have not been you know necessarily a factor in the playoffs. I've kind of known for a while that as soon as the season ended, we might do like 10 days of wrap up content, but then you kind of have to shift into like two months or so of NBA draft mode, which I love the draft. So I love doing that. This time around, it could be four months, it could be five months of the NBA draft. I don't really know. There's this weird point now where I started draft coverage, um, not like necessarily all the way in full force, about two weeks ago. And now, like, if, if that happens, it, c- it could be more draft content than, than I've ever done, which I'm I'm okay doing. But uh, it might be a lot of draft. There'll be some free agency stuff as well. And I uh, try to talk about topics of the guys who are still on the team, too. So it's, it's this delicate balance where I don't want to just go fully away from the Hawks. Uh, but yeah lots of draft lots of free agency lots of analysis a bunch of guests i'm trying to get people to come on the podcast to help me spur as i, I, know, I know you know this very well it is hard to do a solo show right now um i, I, I think i think in the nfl at least you have the uh, you know when the draft's going to be and free agency just happened which gave you some content but think about this like when, when you get into june what are you going to talk about by yourself on the podcast so it, it becomes tough but we'll try, we'll try to get through it together
0: yeah absolutely and look, I, I don't envy you when it comes to, you <laughs> know, I, I basically spent eight months on this podcast, you sort of pre-draft talking about the draft. And then about a month afterwards where I can just sort of really dive deep into the, the individual players that the Falcons wound up taking. And I can sort of string that out to multiple shows over the course of, you know, several weeks afterwards. So it's really only maybe, maybe like two, two and a half months of, of draft coverage here and sort of, Looking at your situation of basically having to fill all that time, I'm like, wow, that just seems so daunting. And so I, I certainly don't envy you, Brad, in that case. But, you know, if, if anybody who's um, a Lockdown Hawks fan and, and still hasn't isn't a regular listener of Lockdown Falcons, I, I can assure you that we will start getting into football draft stuff uh, very shortly in the very near future on Lockdown Falcons. And that will sort of be the driving force behind the majority of our content for, again, the next two, two and a half months or so, uh, pre-draft and post-draft. So that is something that uh, people can look forward to. And and always my favorite point in the calendar year is like the seven days before the draft and then like the the three days at the draft and maybe that changes this all season, but it's usually like anywhere between 10 and 14 straight days of, of pumping out content, uh, which is, you know, as you know, not necessarily the norm uh, here, even on these daily podcasts. And so I always feel like that week is always my best week, but like, I have like nothing left in the tank after those, you know, two weeks or so. So that is on the horizon. And we'll sort of see if, if things change with, you know, all the things going on in the world and that that has to sort of disrupt those things. But so far it seems like the NFL draft is well on track to happen. And so I'm, I'm very grateful that I don't have to sort of make adjustments on the fly as you have, but I think you've done a, a great job and kudos to you. And, 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 that's why I respect you so much in your ability to, to handle all the things that uh, the world is throwing at you to disrupt the Lockdown Hawks podcast.
1: <laughs> I, I appreciate it. yeah, it's, it's odd. And I hope, I hope it doesn't matter. I hope it doesn't happen to you, but um you know you might have to, a, little, a, little, a little take that same medicine if, if we get around to, to june and uh, we don't know about the nfl season so i'm hoping that doesn't happen i'm hoping, hoping we'll all be back to you know relatively normal by the summer um i'm not sure how it's going to happen i don't i'm not an expert by any means but uh, we're all just going to be f- as flexible as possible i hope people listening to our both of our both of our podcasts realize that we're trying to put out good content and i think we're accomplishing that um i would definitely, definitely recommend to my listeners to check out the Locked uh, walkthrough pockets podcast i always tell people that i am ai uh, i am a subscriber and, and every show Listener, it's my number one source to catch up on Falcon stuff because uh, you know I am busy, but it's the one team, as, as I said before earlier in the podcast, it's the one team where I'm still kind of a regular fan. Um, I would say I'm probably more informed than a, than a, reg- than a regular fan, but I'm, I'm just a fan of the Falcons, so it's a great place to listen to all of that. So, uh, kudos to you as well, my friend.
0: I appreciate that. And, um, let the people know, um, where they can find your stuff, where they can find you on Twitter and the other you know sports related content that I know you are so busy. Uh, turning out in the world or where they can find that stuff
1: yeah um most things you can find on my twitter feed which is at bt roland r-o-w-l-a-n-d uh, i do host of course lockdown hawks podcast i do the talking chop podcast which is some baseball content which is also another sport that's in the middle of sort of this weirdness right now but um i also write and edit at peachtree hoops which is a hawks website i'm the sort of the editor-in-chief over there and I do some national uh, sports, national NBA stuff for Uproxx Sports and Dime Magazine. Mostly NBA, but certainly some uh, other things as well. Um, you know, it, As of right now, a lot of draft coverage, uh, mock drafts, et cetera. So check me out if you would like to do so. And uh, I'm generally all over the place, so you can find me.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and I'm pretty easy to find because I, I don't do as much writing as I, I did once in, in the past. And it's pretty simple. Just follow me on Twitter, at Falcfans, F-A-L-C-F-A-N-S of course the host of Lockdown Falcons that's usually, that's basically my one major gig i also do another falcons podcast it's more video content you can find that Falcon central radio at profootballcentral.com but i try not to cross too much of the streams with the the various podcasts uh plugging one uh on on the other but uh you know occasionally you got to put that out there but um bradman i, I really do appreciate you uh joining me for this crossover episode and i look forward to doing some more particularly if we get into the summer and we're, we're sort of sitting around like okay well uh let's see if we can uh, you know turn out one episode a week or so uh, maybe a crossover uh every now and then to uh you know catch up the our various uh listenerships on sort of the latest on the uh, the crosstown team uh cross sport team here in atlanta so i look forward to doing a couple more with these and linking up a little bit more than once or twice a year as we have done in the past
1: yeah we, we should absolutely do it i look forward to it and uh i'm sure one of us will uh reach that dead end where we have to start talking about other things so uh until then we definitely need to do this more often and i always appreciate it man all right
0: man you have a good night my friend